This is Wake Up Call. Another kind of daytime radio program. On the Sports Map Radio Network. All right. All right. Let's do this. Alongside Ron Culver, here's Tony D. Rolling along this morning. Glad you could be with us on a throwback Thursday, but we've got a lot of stuff today. This will be a future throwback Thursday. The day Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots announced that they were parting ways after 24 seasons, man, it could be a it could be a throw. What six, seven years, depending on a leap year, we could, we could be doing this as a throwback Thursday. But that is the news this morning, and it came after the news yesterday that Nick Saban was retiring after a legendary career. We had a chance to talk to Eli Gold this morning, the voice of the Crimson Tide, and I brought up a story of the 2013 National Championship game. A.J. McCarron was leading Alabama, and there was no playoff back then, and Notre Dame was chosen to play Alabama for the title. And there was a moment late in that game where McCarron and his center, Barrett Jones, got into an argument and shoved each other. And they were up by 35 points. And it sort of made Brent Musburger, who was on the call at the time, kind of said, oh, you know, just a, just a friendly little scuffle. Afterwards, both players said it was no big deal. They even talked about it years later because people were like, wow, why are you arguing with each other over a snap count or clock management in a game in which you're up by 35 points? Right. Why? That's silly. You guys are roommates. You guys are best friends and you guys are shoving each other up 35 because clock management. But it had it it was more than that. And it was something that Saban said how proud he was later to to realize that it was not anything more than getting it right, getting it right. And they even up 35. They were petrified of doing anything wrong, not petrified in the sense of what their coach would say, but their own personal sense of perfectionism. And that's something that Saban instilled in them. Yeah. Does it look silly that you're arguing with your teammate over a snap count and a, and a, and a clock when you're up by 35 points? Yes. But it goes to the extent of how well, well-trained they were under Nick Saban, that perfection was the only outcome you should desire. Does not matter time or circumstance, place, does not matter. You always are perfect. It's, it's Krzyzewski calling timeout up 20 because his backup guard call, you know, d- didn't inbound the ball correctly. Or doesn't, they're not set up to inbound the ball correctly. Because you better do it right here because you won't be doing it right later on. And it was funny because both of those guys were done with their careers. But it didn't matter. It still went down. And, and I know Barrett Jones was, was done. It still was something that was ingrained into them. Bill Belichick leaving after 24 years. We've been talking about this this morning. He has a legacy that our people are going to dissect with Brady and post Brady. And some of the post Brady stuff is as on him as any of the accolades that he got in 20 years with Brady winning the championships. But boy, oh boy, I do. I hope, I hope this show isn't falling in line with a few others, uh, especially on television this morning before we went on the air, that this is an obituary for Bill Belichick. This guy is going to be coaching again. Well, I mean, we already had an obituary for Saban, right? Right. <laughs> but that's a little different. You may not see Saban again. He could right. go into broadcasting. 
but it's very unlikely that a 72 year old is leaving Alabama to go coach Chadron state. And he's not coaching, you know, he's not going to be coaching Florida or right. any place like that. You mean he's, he's, he's not going to make the jump to the NFL now. At right. 72? Yeah, exactly. Maybe so, everyone yes, wants the chargers job. It is easy for a finality with Saban's yeah. career to think yeah, he's but, never going to come back. But, but where do, where do you stand on leaving flowers at a statue? You're right. Oh, you see that to me <laughs> is a little, is a little deep. I mean, it's I a guess, little crazy. I guess, saying thank you but you know normally when you leave flowers at a place it's because you're in mourning he didn't die (laughs) there is a time and place for all of us for that kind of moment it isn't now now i you know on that same note though you heard you saw what uh, auburn fans were doing right no no, they had a huge. I, I've been very busy this morning (laughs) i apologize auburn fans last night had a huge party at tumor's corner well they should have they, why Toilet not? The paper was flying of course everywhere. Not. Why wouldn't they? Horns were a beeping. Yeah. I mean, it, it's time to celebrate. They celebrate because you never know who's coming in. You never know if you that's know. if that's your chance to take over the Iron Bowl rivalry. And, yeah, for I mean, a bit. and honestly, do you listen? We you know, there's a lot of names being thrown out there uh, for replacing Saban, but do you want to be that guy? Well, that's we a always great talk question. about it, right? We always talk that's about a great you don't want to be the man to follow the man and. There's a lot of great coaches. I mean, Dan Lanning is one of the one of the top names that keeps popping up. Yeah. Does it's he- one of the, it's one of the questions I asked Eli, which was, you know, some of these schools they want to appease the people who are like, you got to get an Alabama guy. Right. Right? Somebody that understood like what the, what the people that are pulling the strings financially want, the boosters, are going to be somebody that comes in and knows exactly how Nick Saban did this. Right? And so you say you better get somebody that he didn't have to play for us. He didn't. He's not. He doesn't have to be a guy from the '80s that played under you know who, whoever Gene Stallings or whoever was the head coach. But you don't want somebody that comes in and goes brand new system. We're shutting everything down. Brand new way of doing business. Brand new approach to everything. You want the Saban way without Saban. So do you knock on the door to people who know how that is, or do you get somebody that? has never had an attachment to Saban or that program at all. The one thing, and I didn't get to this with Eli Gold, which was let's like, whether you like them or not, and whether you think their past sins are, are, are too much for you to overcome. He resurrected two people incredibly. And that is Steve Sarkeesian and, and Lane Kiffin. Look, I know the Kiffin thing didn't end particularly well because they had to part ways before the national title game because Saban was so dedicated. I mean, uh, um, Kiffin was so dedicated to Florida Atlantic that they felt like their playoff game, I think against Washington, if I'm not mistaken, he was a little off and they, they just said, no, why don't you go sit this one out? But nevertheless, it allowed it allowed Kiffin to get back into the sport after a disastrous USC firing where the, you know, the stories of the tarmac and all of that. And he needed a, he needed a rejuvenation. He needed somebody to inject value to what he could bring. And just the touch of, 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 of Saban's hand allowed people to realize, Oh, I can, I can take him. Like I'm Florida Atlantic. I can, if I, if he's interested, we'd like him to come here. And he did, and then that allows him now to be a very highly paid coach in the SEC that's got a top 25 football team that is going to contend uh, for the 12-team playoff next season. And Steve Sarkeesian is, you know, drunk at USC outings, and he 
he's he's got a problem and he can't handle the problem. And he's he's with the Atlanta Falcons and the Alabama Crimson Tide and allows him eventually to get the head coach at Texas where he was in the playoff and feels like Texas is going to be another team in the SEC that's going to be a factor for the playoff. That's the Saban magic is that he, he, he saw enough in those guys to say, you're worthy of a resurrection. You're worthy of offensive, um, offensive analyst, not the coordinator, not just offensive analysis. And we can, we can take this in, we can make this happen for you. That is, that is a, as part of his legacy as championships is that, you know, he wielded that much power, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty great. And a lot of, again, Belichick is sort of the same way, right? I mean, but Belichick in a different way. I still believe, and look, this is a day to reflect on the greatness of Belichick, but also really to point out, for whatever reason, his tree wasn't as successful, right? And I know I had a rant where I said it's the greatest con in the history of sports that everyone fell for, that if you just hung around Belichick, you could do everything he did. You could anger. I think it's. I think it had everything to do. Brady's success there m- allowed a lot of people who didn't deserve it to be very, very wealthy with jobs they didn't deserve. I was going to say, has Belichick had a any successful offspring? No, I can't think of one. I mean, I, I mean, it depends on. The, I guess depending on success, but really, no. Yeah, you I know. Mean, I mean, I guess the closest would probably be Bill O'Brien because Bill he, O'Brien. But the only reason why I'm saying him is because he held on to his job a lot longer than anybody else. Yeah. I'm not saying he was a good coach and did great things. He did go to the playoffs and had a very good team in the playoffs. Yeah. But really, I think the measure is that he lasted longer as a coach than anybody else. Yeah. I mean, and they all come running back. Yeah. Right? Matt Patricia, Brian Flores. Well, Brian Flores, no, not necessarily him. But but, um, Josh McDaniels. I mean, they've all eventually come back to Belichick's place because that's where they're more comfortable. And again... He at the time, him and Brady just were so good that again, if you just had a resume that included time with both of them, people just thought you could bring magic to where they were. But that 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 just was a myth. That was a myth. And like like, look, I know, I know. If you were to put this on a scale of the twenty years of success between Belichick and Brady, Brady's weight is heavier. I'm sorry, it is because of what we've seen so far. But it's not all the way down to the bottom. It's not the. It's not like when you put a brick on one side and a feather on the other side, and the brick just drives into the into the table. That's not really the case. There is some weight to how Belichick. And I talked about this in hour one, which is you can't write the Super Bowls, all the Super Bowl wins, and say, "Oh, this was all have all because they had the greatest quarterback ever." They didn't have the greatest quarterback ever in the first one. They had a great defensive genius. And you could argue they didn't have the best quarterback in the last one. And they, yet they had a great defensive genius. Right? That's, that's where, in, in, the, in the middle, there was this Brady greatness. But there was also Deflategate. There was also Spygate. And as I said many times, I can't tell you how to view those. I think that the, the Deflategate was silly. I think Spygate, there was a little something to that. Right there, there, there was rules in place that said you can't, you can't film. You know, we we talk about what's the difference between Michigan and um, the Patriots. Everyone in the league knew you couldn't film anything, but in in college football, you can steal signs. You just can't go do. You can't go to do it. So when they noticed that there was a video camera, they were like, "Okay, you're in trouble." But they survived it. His legacy didn't fall down the toilet. 
They went to the Super Bowl and lost. And as I said many times, it was. I think most of the country were Giant fans because they were, one, sick of them winning, and two, they didn't want that team and that guy and that quarterback to be the team that went 19-0. and right, We'll take a 19-0 and Super Bowl champion, but it ain't going to be them. And a lot of people felt that way that night in Arizona when the Giants won that Super Bowl, Super Bowl uh, 42. We'll continue. Let's wake up call. Wake Up Call continues now on the SportsMap Radio Network. Time for the good. That's really nice. The bad. That's the bad guy. And the dumb. What an idiot. Oh, what a loser. All right, the good, the bad, and the dumb. It's a throwback Thursday. It is a coaching upheaval Thursday. I mean, however you want to put it, we got so much to get to. Again, Saban, Belichick, Pete Carroll, I mean, all in a 24-hour span. But but let's get to the good of the day here on a Throwback Thursday. And you know what? I'm going to talk about another coach. All right. Because, you know, we have to do this. Instead of this, this coach is not getting fired. He's not retiring. He's not being reassigned to a different position within the organization. Eric Spolstra received a contract extension. I have no idea why this made me so happy, but it made me incredibly happy. So he is now the highest paid coach in NBA history. Uh, he is, it's a deal. It's eight hundred eight years for about 120 plus million. And yeah, staying within the organization, which honestly, once LeBron got the to Miami all those years ago, what is that? Like 15 years ago now, it feels yeah. like. Yeah, when was the decision? 2010? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, so nearly, third, almost yeah. 15 years. Almost I was saying that sarcastically, years. but that is about 15, is. 15 years. I thought for sure Spolster was fired. Me too. You're going to be let they, go. And, like, and he didn't like him. Yeah. At the beginning. they didn't. He didn't want him in the beginning. And Pat Riley famously told LeBron James, I will decide who the head coach is here. And now later, I mean, LeBron and Spolstra obviously get along, and, and and LeBron said it was well deserved. You know, they put that behind them. But I mean, yeah, Pat Riley saw some. This kid, this guy, kid, this guy started as a video intern. Yep, with the Miami Heat, and now has been the head coach there. But outside of Popovich, he's the longest tenured head coach, right? Yeah, like I was an intern at a TV station in Boston. In the early nineties, that would be that like would be you. like me today. Them giving me eight years, one hundred and twenty-five million to do something for them. Well, I'd be mean, no. Like, you would. That's great. You would, uh, they would no. They would give you the television studio. That's right. They would That'd just, be the just give me the whole thing. Right. Like, you know, we're retiring. We're leaving our studio to you. Like You're former player, now. no. Former, uh, no, video intern. We promoted the video intern up the ladder <laughs> over these years. So he is now the head coach of the basketball You know, maybe team. Miami just does that because isn't that uh, Mike McDaniel's thing too? Yeah, yeah. But they, they, they hired he, him when know, somebody they, else took care of that. But he started off as just an intern. As ball boy. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think it was a ball boy with the Broncos. don't think he ever played a lick of football. Played a lot of Madden. Turned himself into a coach. Now, and Spolstra now this, is amazing. But he this is good, really great. This good, Tony, does get better. Okay. Because there is a little side story that you can kind of look if you read between the lines. And this all centers around Pat Riley. Ah. Because Pat Riley... Did not offer. I think he. It was a calculated decision on when to extend this offer to him. Because normally they would do this before the season begins, but right, you know, sure. he just did it now. Did it midway through the season? Yeah, he waited for his uh, Spolstra's divorce to finalize. <laughs> now, of that's course, real, that's funny. Of course, no one is coming out and saying that. 
Except you. That's 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 a great angle to this. Spolstra has now, you know, his divorce was finalized maybe a month or two ago. Wow. And now you're getting this. So I didn't even know Spolstra was getting a divorce. I didn't even know he was married. <laughs> I, didn't, I know. But uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to put that past Pat Riley. That sounds like something that he would do. It's it really last year. It was one of the most. It was one of the most impressive coaching uh, performances I've seen in the NBA. That was an eight seed that had zero business being in the NBA Finals, and they lost their opening game of the play-in tournament, and they managed to get in, beat Milwaukee, yep. beat Philadelphia, <laughs> beat Boston, get to Denver, win a game in Denver that made us go, hey, maybe, yeah, yeah maybe. You never know. Hey, they were the Miami, only ones. Remember, they were the, they were only, the only ones, ones right. to uh, win a game in Denver. Win a game in Denver and made us go, hey, maybe there is a series here. And it wasn't. They won in no. five. Nuggets won in five. But still was incredible uh, to win the Eastern Conference. Good for Spolstra. <laughs> and, yes, on a day when we're talking about three coaches, Spolstra gets um, a huge amount of money. Yeah, we got to give him a little love. That's awesome. Got to give him a little love. All right, what is the bad of the day? Okay, it's not really bad. Okay. But I'll explain why I put it in the bad in a second, all right? But all right. the story is this. Coming for a limited time to McDonald's, the double Big Mac. Double Big Mac. Double okay. Big Mac. And, yes, you can uh, you can picture what it is. It's double meat, uh, not double bread, just double Good. meat, double cheese, double lettuce, double secret sauce, all that. It sounds delicious, right? And that's that's sure. kind of where the bad if is. If you like Big Macs, I like Big Macs. Yeah, but that's where the bad is because I really, really, really want to try this. Okay, <laughs> it listen, can't be good for me. I go down. I go. I'll, I'll. I go down this thing with my my wife. Says makes fun of me all the time for this. I crave a Big Mac once every couple of months. Not all the time, but once every couple of months, I go. I'm getting a Big Mac. I just want one. I love them. I love them, but they are too bready for me. Right. They're way too bready for me. And I'm, I got I to gotta watch my carbs and I got to do all that stuff. So I, I have to back off on that. Now, I've always complained there's just not enough protein in this thing. I don't think it's wrong to say I'm going to have a, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like I'm uh, being gluttonous here. But I think to say you're getting more protein out of this might be the reason yeah. why, might be my excuse to try this again. Because my wife has been like, listen, I ain't sending you to the hospital uh, with your blood sugar. You're, you'd stop eating those things. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is the second attempt. Uh, they did introduce the uh, um, double Big Mac back in March of 2020. Okay, but, I, I I missed that, so I yeah, did not but, know that was part uh, of the menu. No, no, they, they introduced it in March of 2020, but that got derailed very quickly because of, you know. Because the, of COVID? The world shutting down yeah, and no we weren't one going, going anywhere. Out anymore. Yeah, okay. So, so you didn't just keep it around? I, to you, for you, Tony... There is, I guess, uh, more than six years ago, they did introduce a variation of the Big Mac called the Mac Junior. Okay, yeah, a smaller version. No, 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 same. It's it's the Big Mac just without the middle bun. Oh, that would have been perfect for me. But I think it's the middle bun it. that drives me crazy. It's not. It's one of those things that's not listed on the menu, but you can say, "Hey, I, I want the Mac Junior," and they have it for you. Well, that's what I get told. They like, want you just take out the middle bun, and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm cheating on the burger. Yeah, exactly. Like I like the burger is what it is. Or if you feel like you know, you know that's it's a little too bready. You can, I guess, they have another thing called the Grand Mac, which is made with now, the I've larger. Now I've had, I've had that. Okay, <laughs> years ago <laughs> I, yes. I had that. <laughs> yeah, just larger patties and the bigger bun. It's like a, that's like a thousand calories. A Big Mac is like five hundred and fifty calories. Yeah, 
But that one was like a grand. But I don't know why. I mean, the double Big Mac just sounds. I mean, I'm I'm curious. It's like I got to try it. There's one. There was a uh, version of the Big Mac that I want that I wish they would bring back. And they used to make a Big Mac snack wrap. So the tortilla. They yeah, used to wrap yeah, it with yeah, the yeah. Chicken. I remember that. Yeah, there used to be a Big Mac version of that. It was delicious. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like it's not really the Big Mac that you're liking. It's the sauce. I like the sauce. I like the flavor of it all the together. Secret sauce. Yeah. I mean, you might you be right. You could probably throw that in the other burgers. Yeah, I probably, I probably could. Listen, I, I'm not one. Like, I, I hear this all the time. Hey, when you go to so and so, get the hack. I don't do hacks. I just get what's on the menu. I don't make them work extra hard for me. I wish I, <laughs> I wish I was that person. But when people go in and like, I want to fillet a fish, but I also, I want it um, in a wrap, and I want the Big Mac sauce. And if you could, could you put fries in the sandwich? That would be great. And I'm not that person. I'm just like. Whatever you're selling is what I'm buying. I'll deal with my own adjustments. But, yeah, you're right. So, no, I, I agree. I, 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 they're good. But, yeah, double the meat is not a bad idea. Not, but the middle bun, the middle bun drives me. It's too much. It, uh, you know, so I, sometimes I start off with the middle bun, and then about midway through, I'm like, oh, that's, that's too much. So much And, I, and I, I throw it out. I'm like, All right, I'm what, what's the dumb of the day? The dumb of the day is the NFL. We, we've already talked about this story, right? But the NFL deciding to air Dolphins Chiefs playoff game on Peacock. Yes. Right? I'm bringing it up because the story has came out because this has led Chiefs defensive end Charles and Omen, Omenu. I'm, uh-huh. I'm butchering his last name. I'm sorry, Charles. But he is giving away, it's led to him giving away a bunch of Peacock subscriptions because he oh. just feels that how stupid this is. That's it's a good cool. it's a good thing, but I had to put it in the dump because, yeah, I, you know, the more and more I think about it, I was like, okay, why are we showing this playoff game on Peacock? Yeah, it's we've Saturday talked about this night. all week. It's it's it really is. It really is crazy. And it's it's something, again, that. They're they're going to put up with all of the backlash because the end result of all this is more important than they'll yep. they it's it's oh, they're, you know, they're deaf to this yeah it's 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 like being care. it's like being a famous you know like having a like it's like being a famous chef and you own a restaurant and people complain and you go then don't then don't come yeah there's a line out the door don't come people want my food. It's the same thing with the NFL. You're not going anywhere else. There's nothing else on you. Some of you will just buy it out of spite. And that's what they're doing. And they'll and they'll listen. Oh, this is just something we're trying. But they know exactly what where this is heading. And they they like I said yesterday, what they want is they want the number of subscribers that cancel because then they can go per game. Would you be willing to spend five? It's that, like five ninety nine. I'm seeing that there's like a it's a five ninety nine special. Right. It, it'll be that, or if they see that no one bought into it, yeah, then they'll yeah. be like, okay, well we're not doing that again. So can they get you to just buy a game? Can they can they just get you to buy a game? Like Peacock, all right, they had two million people subscribe and cancel. Okay, that's pretty good. What if we just isolated that and said, for this game only, it's $3.99, $5.99, $6.99, whatever it is, can they get away yeah. with that? That's what they're looking but to see. Good on Charles Omenihu. That's yeah, how I'm going to say Omenihu for Good for him. You know, saying, God, this is stupid. I'm buying you all uh, subscriptions. Again, more from a crazy, crazy day in the coaching world in the last 24 hours. Three big names finding other uses. We'll continue. It's Wake Up Call and Sports Map Radio. This is Wake Up Call on the Sports Map Radio Network. Alongside Ron Culver, here's Tony D. All right, 1987, it's The Drive on a Throwback Thursday. Peter Gabriel, it's a good song. This is a very good song. 
big time. I like the line, my heaven will be a big heaven and I'll walk through the front door. It's <laughs> the way I like to think. All right, we're talking, of course, coaches in the NFL, uh, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Pete Carroll. Can we just touch on Pete Carroll for a bit, or is this I feel like a day too overwhelming with Belichick I mean, we are news gonna, and Saban news? We are going to have a Pete Carroll guest later. Yeah, Stacey Jost is going to join yeah. us? No, Stacey Joe Rost. Did I just combine her, combined her the la- Joe and the name. Ross together? Yeah. Did I just do and that? And then you took away the R. Yeah, I better not do that when she comes on. I don't want to insult her, but Stacey Joe Rost is going to join us. It might be us. the last time she comes on. I don't want her to. She's very, very good Seattle Seahawks yeah. insider. We'll talk about the <laughs> that of of of. Okay, let's let's rate these on on surprise factor. Belichick is a zero. It's it is a zero. We 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 were waiting for this all week. And you the, know the, the breakup between the two. The narrative, like all these narratives, all these talking heads, all these pundits. They've had this written for weeks. Oh, absolutely. Months, maybe, because we've been talking about this what, like since Thanksgiving. Let me tell you something, how this business works. It's like obituaries in, in major newspapers. You have it written, and then you unleash it when it happens. That's what they, they've done with Saban and, and Belichick. They, they had a, a thing in the can for Belichick's departure. Like yes. When you're watching all of the Super Bowl highlights and the hugs, and the, they had it all done waiting for the day that these guys – and they did it with Saban too. They had one yesterday. I went, oh, that's quick. That's basically the industry going one day soon. He's going to be leaving the sport. Let's have it in the can. We can add to it as, as he goes. We can add to it and we can reshape but, it. But we have to have something ready on the day he's done. But to that point – uh, Reddit college football, the Twitter site, they posted a photo like within seconds after Saban announced he was retiring of uh, it. All the, the caption said is welcome home. And it was Belichick in the crimson tide red. Welcome home. What are they talking about? <laughs> or welcome, welcome home. Welcome back. Did Belichick or something have like ties that. with Alabama? No, I don't think so. But it was Maybe just welcome home. What was amazing to me was like, okay, you already had Belichick photoshopped in a Alabama sweatshirt, Alabama coaching gear, basically. Right. Like that. You had that ready to go. Good lord. That's but no, crazy. but but back to your point. Belichick was not a surprise at all. We were, I think, the only thing that was surprising Thursday, right? Well, that was surprising. But I said that at, I said this earlier this morning. I think Robert Kraft said he is not getting fired, or we're not parting ways on a day when people are actually getting fired for performance. Yeah. So we're not going to add him. Do you think they sped the it list. up now because of like Nick Saban retires? And we have I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you. I, like, I'm going right. to be honest with you. I think you and I have have, have been have had um and I'm as guilty of this too is that we we are overthinking this. There is Probably, no yeah. there is no sitting down gauging the news media. Oh, Sabin, let's do it now. They they just do it when they do it. There is so many things that have to be like if you're Belichick, are you going to be like I need to be talking to teams because I want to leave teams, but we're going to wait four days to get Nick Saban's um, all the honors from the people. I'm going to be honest with you, and I and I and I mean this: it, 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 no one in New England gives a crap that Nick Saban retired from the from the college football world. This is a national but major local story, and they are not letting Nick Saban enjoy the limelight while they announce this. Belichick's got to get to work. His agent has got to be on the phone get, because Jim Harbaugh could be making a decision very, very soon. And if he wants that whatever job 
out there, they he want he wants to get on it as soon as possible. So I don't I I don't think there is a they they're not gauging the media's they know they'll, they'll get as much attention as Saban. They're, they're we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can talk Saban. We can talk Belichick. I think we we in the media tend to overthink these things when it's not a real thought. They that building did not care one second that Nick that Nick Saban retired. They might have been like, oh, that's cool, but we got business to do. Robert Kraft needs to find a new head coach, and it might be the person in the building and Gerard Mayo. Belichick needs to find a new landing spot and figure out who wants him and who doesn't want him because there's going to be some teams that don't want him. I don't want him. You know? I don't, I don't want the Chargers to go after yeah. him. I really don't. Uh, you know what? I, I'm totally fine that if, if, he, if he wants to go to Washington, great. If he wants to go to Atlanta, perfect. If you are an owner and, and you are an owner of an NFL team, you need to take one thing into consideration. And this is one thing that's been popping up all morning on the Belichick thing is that people who are writing articles about this have all said the same thing. He is outdated. His methodology is outdated for the modern NFL. Yeah. And that's what you have to consider. The way he treats players, the way he is surly sometimes, his way, no days off, he doesn't want to give up power. And the way he treated Robert Kraft, if you're an owner, do you want the coach walking by your office and not saying hi? I mean, what's kind of funny, though, is that the the surliness that you were talking about or the – like he's kind of changed at least the press conference. He isn't really he hasn't really sure. been sitting there going, "We're on to Cincinnati." Because he We're had it, because he had everything, and he you didn't have anything for him. Yeah, right? he, I mean, he actually was sometimes you know cracking jokes. I mean, it was, I mean, you saw a different Belichick. But the one, but like I was saying earlier, is he does, and he's not going to have this in another location. He, you, he could get away with a lot of the things in the past because the winning cured everything. And again, you have people in the building, in the locker room that could tell younger people and free agents, this is how it is. He's unlike anybody else, but my God, we're always in the playoffs. And not only that, we're always hosting championship games and we're going to Super Bowls. So put up with it and you'll enjoy the ride. If he goes to the Chargers, he can't sell that to anybody there. If he goes to the Atlanta Falcons or the Washington Commanders or the Tennessee Titans. He can't sell that there. He can't, he can't be this way because he doesn't have results to, to give the, the younger players. He doesn't have, he's not, he's not taking them on the journey. Right. And that, and that's, that's something that he could always do in new England. It's like, yeah, I can put up with being belittled because in the end I get like, I'm getting four rings while I'm here for crying out loud. Or at least I'm getting an opportunity. I think the I think the one impressive thing about Belichick outside of the six Super Bowls is the nine Super Bowls in the twenty years of him and Brady. That's fifty percent. That's close to fifty yeah. percent. Half of the Super Bowls from the time they that Brady and Belichick were were a thing until the time they weren't a thing. That's nine out of twenty years. No, really. I mean, just that they've going. competed at the, in the bet in the biggest game. That's five more than Terry Bradshaw. That's five more than Joe Montana mm-hmm. appeared in. Like it's nuts. It's that's nuts. It's six is great. But, you know that, that's great. But but in the two weeks, in the two weeks of hype, in the two weeks of analysis, in radio row and press conferences and helicopters flying over your practice and all of that, fifty percent of the time him and Brady were together, they did that. Wasn't it? Also they flew to like a Super Bowl city. They played like, uh, I mean, we could say we extended Brady and Belichick had like two full seasons extra. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
or like maybe even three full seasons of, extra of playoff from, games and playoff the like postseason yeah. is just you know the amount of postseason games they played in or coached in together. That's again. Th- th- these are things you are just you're not going to see replicated. It was kind of the joke we talked about yesterday, which was Flacco and Shroud are the la- it's the largest gap that doesn't include Tom Brady because Brady played till he was 45. So you're 45 and your quarterback's 23. It's like, yeah, of course that's going to be the largest gap between quarterbacks in a playoff game. But Brady's longevity and and Belichick's longevity have allowed this have allowed the two to come together in a way that's just that it that can't be duplicated because one we just don't see quarterbacks go that long and two we don't see quarterbacks go that long and are successful. I I I was um I I had a tweet years ago. I'm I'm going to butcher it but cuz I can't quite remember it. But it was about Roethlisberger retiring, right? After 18 seasons or whatever it was. And I went, here is Ben Roethlisberger at 38 years old. His body has been broken, completely broken down. He can barely throw, can barely stand. He's done with football. Meanwhile, Brady, who was in his third year or fourth year when Roethlisberger became a rook, was a rookie, is throwing for 4,000 yards in Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it's like, Here's a guy older than this broken down quarterback throwing it all over the place. Still, it's, you know, that that's marry the two. And you've got, you've got an unbelievable marriage that people naturally want to split apart to find out which one was better and which one was more important. Well, I hate the answer. I hate that the answer is both because it's more fun when it's not, but you can't separate the two like Brady won in Tampa. That's great. That's great. But he would not have won the first Super Bowl or the last Super Bowl in New England if Belichick's game plan was not there. The defensive game plan wasn't there. If they don't blitz Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner dices him up and there's no Vinatieri field goal. If if they don't get to Jared Goff and disrupt the timing patterns of a McShea offense, they don't win that Super Bowl in Atlanta because Brady didn't play superior he just did enough in the game in the moment but it was the defensive brilliance of belichick that shut down both of those offenses that people were wondering how you were going to do it especially the first one we'll continue it's wake up call sports map radio Ron Tolbert continues now on the Sports Map Radio Network. Here's Tony D and Ron Tolbert. All right, we're going back to 1987, the drive, Denver beating Cleveland in the AFC title game, 98-yard drive by Elway, tied the game. They would later win in overtime, so 1987 is our throwback Thursday. I got a confession to make, um, and I was young. Um, I've, I've appreciated him as I've gotten older. I was never a Huey Lewis fan growing up. I, some fair. of my friends were. I thought his songs were a little campy. Yeah, oh yeah. I, you know, just they were just they they weren't like music I wanted like they weren't motivational like they like you know how you would listen to workout music or whatever or you it would put you in a mood like his mood was just hey everybody well I'm singing a song and everybody's happy and isn't this great? Life is great. Life is awesome and you should feel that way too and I just never felt like I never was kind of into his that style, you know. And even like the back to the future stuff and all that. I never really got, you know. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, a uh, busy day in sports, of course. So uh, back to what we were saying, ter- the surprise factor. So Belichick zero, we were expecting it. Saban, I'm going to make the argument that while I didn't see it coming, 
it didn't hit me like it hit like Pete Carroll. Right. Like I, I went, oh, he's retiring. Wow. That's wild. That's wild. But then you go, well, he's 72. You know, and I, I get it. Like you, when you start processing it, you go, OK, I can see this. Like I, I, I kind of understand. Um, it's still surprising. But the Pete Carroll news yesterday was, wait a minute, hold on one second. Didn't they just have a meeting not that long ago where the well, owner chose Carroll and John Snyder over Russell Wilson? Yeah, I mean, like you said before, when we were ranking them, right? I mean, Belichick, not surprising. Saban's like, it was surprising, but we knew the time was coming. Right. Because, I mean, you know, he's 72. Uh, but Carroll just felt like that one came out of left field. Like, that wasn't even, we weren't even... That, that never once entered our minds. When we were speculating about coaches that would lose their jobs, there were sort of some were obvious, but then some were like, like I still, I thought about Dennis Allen, but Carroll was never on my front mind as somebody that was in, was threatened. He wasn't coaching for his job or anything like that. I mean, again, they made, they decided to trade the franchise quarterback who wanted a new coach and wanted a new GM. And two years later, Russell Wilson at least got the first part. But he's already gone. They made the decision to part ways, and that's it. So uh, they say Dan Quinn is the the leading yep. the leading uh, makes sense guy in the clubhouse for the Seahawks job. But again, they gave him an, they gave him an advisory role. I don't I have no idea what that means. Is that like a parting gift you don't want? Is that like you remember um, remember the speculation about um uh what was it what was the guy's name in Tampa? God, why am I drawing a blank? Bruce Arians. Yes. Remember the speculation about Bruce Arians because he's in the front office and they're like, yeah, that's exactly where Brady wanted him. And everyone was like, really? They don't get along? Like, yeah, they don't get along. And Brady's final year, he wanted Todd Bowles. Oh, really? So the team went, okay. And that, I think Pat Donovan kind of shot that down for us, but it was a fun conspiracy theory while it was floating. But is, what is, what is, like, is, does Pete Carroll want an advisory role? Or does he want a, uh, like, let me go coach again. I'm 70. I think he's 71. Do you have Pete Carroll 71 or 72 years old? Yeah. No, he's, and he's done. T- I mean, he's done too. I don't think we're going to see Pete Carroll all of a sudden end up in Tennessee. Yeah. To coach the Titans. Or, or maybe he goes back to New England. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he goes back to New England. Exactly. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is, uh, I'll tell, can I, can I tell an old story yeah, again? Just to reset. So I'm covering the Patriots in the 90s. Patriots are uh, playing the Jets. Pete Carroll is the coach of the Jets. Bill Parcells is the coach of the Patriots. I'm young. I'm real young. I'm like 22. I'm in the locker room or the press conference area. They didn't have like these big rooms like they did back then. They just had like a small room, and that's where you would get the coach. And he would kind of, he wasn't standing at a podium per se. It was just like a room, and he would stand and he'd take questions. So there's a guy two people over from me, and I had a question. I was going to ask a question because I'm like, hey, I'm in this business. I might as well ask a question. The guy two places over to me says to Bill Parcells, do you think you outcoached Pete Carroll tonight? And Parcells tears this guy to shreds in front of all of us. He's so angry with the question because, one, it's, it's a coaching brotherhood because we don't outcoach one another. And I'm not going to answer that. He's like, he's like, what a dumb question. He goes, you're an idiot. He's like, he's dressing this guy down. And he goes, out coach. He goes, these other writers outright you? He's so mad. Well, I kept my mouth shut. I decided, no, I'm not going to go down that, that rabbit hole. It was as young of a reporter, never been in that kind of situation before. Didn't have, like, years of experience of dealing with coaches and players. It was petrifying 
to watch this guy get ripped down. But it always reminds me, as long as I've been in the business, Pete Carroll was on the other sideline why this question was asked. So that's how long Pete Carroll's been doing this. Dancing around between the Jets, the Patriots, USC, Seattle. Where are they? Did he land in any other place? I don't think so. I think that, that no, was I think pretty that was much it. it. I think it was it. Jets, Patriots, USC, and Seahawks. 14 years with the Seahawks. So, uh, Which seems kind of surprising because uh, there's two things going on, right? I feel like he wasn't with the Seahawks that long, but I also feel like he's been with the Seahawks forever. I do too. Isn't that a weird? It's a weird thing because I, you know, we could all, I can easily remember him uh, coaching the Trojans. Can you, uh, can I, we, let's, I let's can't, look this up. Who was the last coach of the Seahawks before Pete Carroll? Just about to say, I don't, I'm gonna I don't guess. know another Seahawks coach. I'm going to guess. Okay. I'm not looking. I swear to God, I'm not looking this up. So, so let's look this up. I'm guessing Jim Mora Jr. That would have been mine. That would have been my guess. I'm looking it up right now. And uh, let's see. List of Seahawks head coaches. It's taking a while to load. Sorry, guys. Or am I thinking Jim Mora Jr. was somewhere else? No, well, I don't think this is Jr. Is this Jim senior? Mora? Jim Mora. Jim Mora Sr.? I don't think Jim Mora Sr. was ever no, head coach of the Seahawks. Jim L. Mora. That's Jr., right? Right. Yeah, was so that the guy? The last one, yeah. That was the guy? Okay. I feel, I feel good that I got that right. <laughs> like, it was that long ago and apparently uneventful. One season. <laughs> One, yeah, <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah, everyone yeah. else has, you know, it's like everyone has like years to years. And it's like, you know, first he, yeah, he was hired in 2009, lasted until 2009. Good job. Like, um... Went five and eleven that year. I, I the Seahawks, and again, I'm not. Fourteen years is a great, great run. What about before Jim Mora? I'm gonna guess the guy that led them to the Super Bowl, Mike Holmgren. There you go. Yeah, because that that I do remember. But I knew it. Was, I knew Holmgren wasn't replaced by Carroll. But I had no idea. I just get, I thought I thought Jim Mora was there. See, and there we go. There's a perfect example, right? Mike Holmgren goes there. Four NFC West championships, six playoff berths, uh, you know, an NFC championship led them to the Super Bowl. Jim Mora comes in. You don't want to be the guy to replace the guy. No, you don't. And Jim Mora only lasts a season. Pete Carroll comes in, 14-year career. He's the guy after the guy. <laughs> right? He's the guy who replaced so, the guy. For all you guys thinking out there, you don't want the job right now. You want the job in a year. You want – if you want the Alabama job, take it when um, – Somebody <laughs> takes it and is terrible at it. Yep. But you know what's cool? Like the Patriots job, does that count? Because you got Bill Belichick and then you got Bill Belichick, the clone, the part D, the, the one that went, the one that went four and 13 this past yeah, season. I mean, if you're, if you come you're not in, really replacing the guy, if you come in right now and take over the Patriots and say, you get five wins next year, right? You're, you're already, you're already You've better than it. the last guy. If you were to get two or three wins, it's like, you know, then they'll look at you. It's like, well, it's your first season. It's okay. Yeah. So, golly. But what if – here's a scary thought for New England, and I, I don't think Robert Kraft would allow this, but what if New England goes back to who you and I know the Patriots to be? Like what, the, we, what we remember from our youth. Being really good? No. But no, the, being terrible. Being terrible. Rod Rust and be, Dick being, McPherson. Being and, the, the joke yeah. of the league, the laughingstock of the league. Yeah. Even though they went to a Super Bowl, but it just it adds to who we thought of as the Patriots because they got bombarded. Yeah. I remember there was Chuck Fairbanks. There was Raymond Berry. Raymond Berry was the coach of their Super Bowl 20 team. 
And then there was like Dick McPherson was the head coach at Syracuse and Rod Rust was was there. And then Bill Parcells, when he came in and he came in in 93 and he came in with the number one pick in the draft, taking Drew Bledsoe because the Patriots were an inept organization of crap. And then they, they started uh, building it up. And then uh, Belichick and Brady took it the rest of the way. But um, back to Carroll for a second. Listen, I get the NFL. You, it's hard to keep dynasties. You got to pay everybody, and sometimes it's just not enough money. But don't you feel like there was a missed opportunity with that football team at the time from Super Bowl forty eight and forty nine that there should have been more? I know they like again. There was there was San Francisco was good, and there was some of these teams. But that was that legion of boom defense was fantastic. Yeah. And I know you can't keep everybody. And only two appearances. It should have been yep. more. You had Marshawn Lynch. You had Russell Wilson emerging as a Pro Bowl quarterback. You had Richard Sherman. All those guys on the defensive side that, that made it almost impossible for Peyton Manning to complete a pass. And they couldn't sustain a four-year, which is really, what when we're talking dynasties in the NFL, that's probably your window is four to five years. They couldn't extend it beyond beyond those just two quick Super Bowl appearances, one championship, and then that was it. That was it. We'll continue. It's Wake Up Call on Sports Map Radio.